0: Welcome to battered Aggie syndrome podcast all about Aggie football. Uh, this is our fourth episode and we're going to be talking about the uh, A&M and Auburn game of this past weekend and, and the upcoming AM and m Ole Miss football game. Um, Brian, uh, coming over here to, to Yo-Hizzy, uh, <laughs> I couldn't help but notice how different the weather is today compared to last week. Last week I'm wearing Mr. Rogers stuff. Mm-hmm. And this week, I mean, you could be getting a snow cone.
1: Yeah, you're in shorts and a and a golf tee. So, yeah. What was the What was the high today? Like eighty degrees uh, Fahrenheit? I didn't see what it got to, but it was supposed to be in the seventies.
0: Speaking of snow cones, what um what was your favorite flavor growing up? Well, growing up or now, which, whichever one.
1: I would say green apple.
0: Green apple. Green apple. Really? Mm-hmm. I think Tiger's blood was my favorite.
1: What is Tiger's
0: Blood? It, you know, I looked that up not that long ago. It is strawberry and watermelon, artificial flavors, of course. And then um, a hint of coconut. So
1: That's
0: your uh, kiddo's birthday this summer. Wasn't I asking about Tiger's Blood?
1: Yeah, didn't we have Tiger's Blood? I think y'all did, yeah.
0: Y'all had red, blue, and green. Those are the colors that I remembered.
1: Yeah, that came from... Uh, Those are the flavors I remember. The Funky Monkey out there in Weatherford.
0: Mm. So that was legit stuff? Legit, legit syrup? Legit stuff, yeah. Was it high fructose corn syrup? Probably. Probably? Whatever's bad for you. <laughs> Whatever's bad for you. Um, talking about food, uh, one of the things that we forgot to mention uh, last week after going to the South Carolina football game was... Um, the A&M players, the current players, had quite the list of uh, their favorite foods or just weird things that they eat. And um, I think the first A&M player I ever heard of talking about food was Marty B.
1: Tell us, it? Yeah, he had all sorts of stories about food.
0: Was that, did he have like his own YouTube deal or
1: what was that? Uh, was it a YouTube or was it more like a podcast? I don't remember. I, I, it probably wasn't a podcast because
0: I wasn't aware of those at that point in time.
1: Maybe we were not exactly technologically hip, so
0: that's true. We're still not. So, anyway, it was something. And wasn't he talking about purple drink? Purple drink. I
1: feel like Captain Crunch.
0: Captain Crunch, yeah. Crunch berries. What else did he talk about? Collard greens
1: which are not colored greens, C-O-L-L-A-R-D. I always think about iPhone money. That's another Marty B. Ism. Ism,
0: yeah. Ism. Um, and in terms of the current AM players, it was funny, McKinley Jackson, who's from Mississippi, he was kind of just like, well, I'm from Mississippi, so uh, I'm going to say pig's feet. Like, that was just a foregone conclusion that we
1: should have all figured out. Have you ever seen pig's feet at the grocery store? No, have you? Yeah, I remember once we bought them on the Boy Scout camping trip as a joke. And
0: oh. It was like legit pig's feet? Mm-hmm. Were they
1: fried already? Or? No, it was just a... the skin, the hoof, everything.
0: Oof. It's just <laughs> skin, bone, and keratin in the hoof. That's nasty like eating a fried
1: fingernail. (laughs) Can't be any worse than pork rinds. Which, that's just skin from a pig that's been fried. fried.
0: Um, And then one of our offensive linemen, Layden Robinson, uh, who he's from Texas, so there's no reason that he should have weird preferences. But nonetheless, he said he liked egg
1: sandwiches with jelly and mayonnaise, not Miracle Whip, but mayonnaise. Yeah, I don't care if it's Miracle Whip or mayonnaise. Uh, yeah, jelly sounds disgusting. Yeah, yeah, and
0: uh and then what was what was your favorite one? The um, rabbit was a rabbit or squirrel. I
1: think it was rabbit.
0: Rabbit. Yeah. yeah, Brian George, who I'm pretty sure he's from Florida. He's like, you got rabbit, you good. You good. It doesn't matter what all happens, but if you got rabbit, you good. <laughs> yeah, I remember that now. And then um, you had uh, Max Wright, one of our tight ends, <laughs> who likes uh, ghost pepper wings, um, which I've never had those. But some of some of those flavors, you have to sign like a waiver or something, or maybe that's just a stunt. Get people to eat that spicy
1: stuff? Well, I'm sure you do. Some stuff's dangerous. Yeah. I remember this guy at work that uh, he liked that stuff and he, uh, he was making uh, peanut brittle with, I think it was ghost pepper in it. Oh. I guess in that you have to cook it up and then you like pour it out and outgasses. Oh. That outgassing of all that, like he inhaled and yeah, he almost had to go to the hospital. Really? Yeah. Was he having like an asthma attack? Um I don't think it was an asthma attack. I think that just stuff got into his lungs and it was like oh. his insides were burning.
0: Golly. That's kind of like um one of the things they tell you in Cub Scouts is uh if you find poison ivy or poison oak, don't burn it.
1: I mean, isn't that what they teach you? Yeah, because then you release all that stuff in the air and vaporizes and then you yeah, like in your eyes, your know, lungs, lose. everything. That sounds
0: terrible. And um Talking about eating spicy stuff. Man, I can't eat spicy stuff. My my whole family loves spicy stuff. But we have this issue to where we just sweat when we eat anything spicy. And me, I can tolerate fairly spicy stuff. But it doesn't matter if it's just mildly spicy. I start sweating. Do you remember that one time at the duplex in College Station? Mm-hmm. You were studying probably. I was in the living room watching who knows what, Mm -hmm. eating mild pecanee
1: sauce. And I looked like I had been running a marathon. Yes, I do remember coming out and asking you, why are you sweating? Yeah, I was like, look at me.
0: Look how bad this is. So I've always said after that that if you were to plant me in the middle of Antarctica in my boxers, just give me some chips and some mild pecanee sauce, and I'm good. You'll be fine. My body temperature will maintain as long as I have that pecan sauce,
1: mild. Um, so We may have enough resources now that we could actually put that to the test. I'm sure we could pull the friends and get something like that pulled together.
0: You're talking about uh, pooling our money to drop me off? And Yeah, we probably
1: don't have to go to Antarctica. We can just
0: go to Minnesota or something. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so talking about the uh, A&M and Auburn game, um, I know you said that you had a birthday party to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you actually get to watch it in real time, or did you have to watch the recording?
1: Yeah, so at the birthday party, they had it on, but they kept switching back and forth between it and the, oh, well, what other games were on? I guess the TCU-Baylor game was on. Yeah. And West Virginia. West Virginia and Fokie okay State? Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Anyway, so I got to see bits and pieces live, and then, yeah, when we got back, I, I didn't watch it through, through the recording.
0: It's always fun. When you got lots of big 12ers in your uh, family. I have some of those, too. Yes. But um, could you tell, when you did watch the game, how loud it was at the stadium? I mean, we had almost 110,000 people there.
1: No, because my house is generally pretty loud, so... It, uh or to drown out uh, that,
0: whatever do you mean? With three kids, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember what the capacity of Kyle Field is, but I want to say like 106 or 108,000 sounds about right,
1: yeah. It's probably somewhere in there. Then they say this was the second largest,
0: yeah. I'm not sure what the largest was. Yeah. I thought it was the
1: uh Alabama game
0: this year, two years ago, two years, okay.
1: Last time they were here,
0: um. One of the things that I thought was interesting is, uh, you know, our team, just like we've said before, tends to get better and stronger as they go along. And one of the things I would point to is the A&M and Alabama game. If you look at the fourth quarter, Alabama's offensive line actually looks pretty tired. And Gary Danielson, the genius that he is, he was sitting there saying how A&M doesn't rotate our defensive line. I'm like, is he crazy? We've just rotated ten guys on the defensive line all game long and they looked fresh. But I don't think that was ever more uh evident than than it was on Saturday.
1: Yeah, they uh Yeah, I mean it was evident I think most of the year last year we would they would always be close games and then in the fourth quarter we would eventually pull away because they're better conditioned and could basically you know, control the line of scrimmage and run the ball or allow the other team not to run the ball.
0: One of the things I wanted to get your um your comments on is so when somebody asked Jimbo about that this week, he said he thinks it all goes back to the fact that um we have that we play with uh, good on good. And uh sorry, I thought we had mutant on, but I don't think we do. <laughs> um that We do good-on-good good, offensive and, and defense, the first-teamers against each other, yeah. Tuesday and Wednesday, which I got to thinking about it, and I'm like, yeah, why doesn't everybody do that? But I guess when you're trying to install certain things, you want the scout team offense or defense to basically play the way that your upcoming opponent, opponent yeah, plays. is going to. So do you think that's good, that we play good-on-good good for two days? of practice each week or do you think we're missing out on
1: uh install time going against what will look like our upcoming opponent i mean i guess based on the results um it appears that is a good approach um i think there's probably a balance there of doing some of your scout team mimicking the other offense or defense you're going to play um but obviously your scout team's not as good, so getting some good on good is going to keep you fresh and then challenge you more than the scout team will do. So sounds like Jimbo's got a some sort of balance, but he's got Tuesday, Wednesday, for good on good, and the rest of the week is maybe some of the mimicking on the scout team. I mean, when, those are the no-contact days.
0: Yeah. One of the things that you always hear about, especially with NFL players, is um, when they're coming back, from an injury or something like that. They'll talk about how they need to get into game shape. And um, I think that's kind of funny when they say that, because you look at some of these guys and you're like, yeah, they're ripped. They're in great shape. But I guess football game shape is a completely different deal. And I guess if you are going good on good, then that is helping you to get more into game shape of what you're going to see in the SEC. And typically, I don't think that Jimbo's teams get hurt quite as much.
1: But I don't know. This year's a little bit different. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Um, but I would say some of these injuries are kind of fluky. Um, what you're seeing at, you know, like, well, for instance, Ole Miss, um, who's pretty beat down this year um, with a bunch of injuries. and think Lane yesterday. And that, conference. that's one of the things
0: that I think is a big time difference of these upper echelon SEC teams like Alabama, Georgia, us now, LSU, is if you can have the depth um, to where when you go through a season like in the SEC, you I mean, it basically becomes a war of attrition towards the end, mm-hmm. and you've got teams like um, Mississippi State, No Miss, um, to be honest with you, I think playing them earlier in the season is worse because they've got all their guys healthy Whereas playing Ole Miss now, I think, is to our advantage. And I think as you build your program, that's one of the big things you see as far as recruiting goes, is you can get more depth at all these different positions mm-hmm. so that when you go through a full SEC season, it's not as big of a deal. And if you, are, if you do have good depth and you can play eight, nine, ten guys on the defensive line, then um, they're probably not getting hurt as much either.
1: Yeah, and there's uh, less chance for having a drop off. Like if you do have an injury, you already have uh, those players um, that can come in and uh, fill in without it being a huge drop off. And I think we're still trying to get there. So as you know, you look at the um, South Carolina game when we put the the third stringers in. Yeah, There was a huge drop-off, and South Carolina was able to go down the field twice and score a touchdown, where before that we had held them to six points. So we still have some uh, depth building to do. But the recruiting is getting to the point where we are getting really talented players, so we should be able to start building that depth.
0: Talking about South Carolina, did you catch that um, game against Florida? It was crazy. I didn't
1: see it, uh, but I saw the score afterwards and thought...
0: What was it, 40-17? to
1: Yeah, for somewhere in that ballpark, maybe forty one or something. But yeah, basically the opposite of our score versus them. Yeah. Um which I thought they can't be too bad. Or does that speak to how wheels off Florida is right now? I know Mullen said uh they had a bunch of people out to the flu that week, but man. <laughs> if you don't have depth to, to play against South Carolina right now, that that does not speak well. And, talking, and he, he ended up firing his uh, defensive coordinator and offensive line coach because of that. So you know, yeah. he's feeling the heat. Um, started letting go of coordinators mid-season, and I don't know what is going on there
0: at Florida, but um, for the bowl game last year against OU, would they have like ten, twelve, fourteen guys who? Down. Yeah, and you think about A and M for our bowl, we didn't have any. So I think that speaks to something Dan Mullen isn't doing right something that Jimbo is doing right. So, um, yeah, that helped, helped me to feel a little bit better that I think South Carolina is better than what people think. But it might just be that Florida is even worse than what people truly really think.
1: There's a combination of both. I think the difference between South Carolina and play Florida in South Carolina played us, is um, they switched quarterback. I think that graduate transfer, I can't remember his name now, um, but he was ineffective. In oh,
0: uh, Zeb Nolan? Yeah, Zeb. Zeb
1: Tubby Nolan. <laughs> uh, when they switched to, um, I don't remember the other guy's name, Fif- apparently. 15. Made... It was like an FCS transfer or something. Yeah, and so he started, I think it was the same guy that started against Florida. Yeah. They were able to move the ball much better within him in the game, so. Yeah, um,
0: one. I'm not going to say it like everybody says Texas is back folks but uh, I will whisper it I think the wrecking crew is beginning to come back mm-hmm. I don't want to say it too loud because I don't want to jinx it
1: yeah I think uh, they obviously played very well uh, against Auburn but uh, you know as we talked about last week I think uh, Auburn goes as Bo Nix goes and uh, <laughs> He was just bad. He just wasn't very good. He basically regressed back to you know what he has been before.
0: Did you see what I was talking about with his extra long uh, humerus bones on his upper arm?
1: No, I actually did not uh, <laughs> notice that. That wasn't uh, high on my list to, to notice.
0: He's he's beefed up a little bit through the years. When he was a true freshman, you could really notice it. Mm. When you just saw all skin and bone.
1: I did notice the thing when you know he gets rushed that he just keeps running backwards. Yes, uh, there was that play that. Uh,
0: Demani Richardson got yeah. him 15 or 16 yards behind. He was the able line. to escape,
1: but he yeah he was just running straight back. But it also made me think that Calzada has some of that same tendency. But yes. instead of turning and run, he tries to backpedal, loses his balance and falls.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, talking about Calzada, um, obviously one of the bigger plays in the game was when I guess it was third quarter. We were driving, we had just gotten a forty nine yard pass to Caleb Chapman, um, our six foot five, uh wide out. Um, and then we got down to the four yard line and then we got two false start penalties and then a holding, and then we call some uh, quarterback run and he decides to lower his shoulder against uh one of our
1: smoke one. Smoke.
0: yes Is it
1: Monday or two? No, it's Smoke Wednesday. Smoke Monday. 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 Yeah. One of those days. Quindarius. Uh, Yeah, I can see why he would go by smoke. Yeah. But yeah, I thought the play call was uh, odd. Um,
0: Yeah, and then he lowers his shoulder. And I think, from my perspective, I think Calzada gets so nervous during the games. And I think sometimes when they let him run and he gets hit, it almost helps to calm him down a little bit. Um, so I don't have too much of a problem with that play, but just maybe you don't try to lower your shoulder into an all-SEC safety Smoke Monday.
1: Yeah, and at first I didn't think much of it because you see quarterbacks do that, you know, occasionally. And uh, I thought everything was fine, and then I think his adrenaline... Wore out, and he tried to go call the next play. And clearly, his his shoulder was hanging, and it was pretty obvious that his his uh,
0: his arm was and, dead.
1: Yeah. Well, and I, I to me it looked like his yeah his uh, shoulder had popped out, and uh, yeah, and then trying to pop it back in wasn't going very well. So
0: yeah, when your wrist is hanging down six inches lower than the other side, <laughs> but your shoulders appear to be at the same level, then um, that's a completely different deal. Um, One of the things that I couldn't figure out is uh, why did, I mean, we have these stupid little tents on the sideline. Why didn't they try to get it into the tent and pop it in? And they're sitting there fooling around. There's four guys with their arm inside of his shoulder pads trying to pop it in on the field at the 35-yard line. Are you kidding me?
1: Yeah, I think they thought that they could maybe pop it in there and he would be able to play without having to sit out more than
0: one play. What the heck? If if that were my kid, I mean I have girls, I
1: don't have a son, but
0: um, if I were a dad I would be talking to that training staff like, hey uh, you know there's all this HIPAA privacy stuff. Maybe rather than try to do some sort of a medical procedure on the field with God and everybody watching on CBS, maybe you just go in the tent and that way whenever his arm pops back into place and he's got this terrible shooting pain that he can, you know, not have to be shown on national TV. That's just me, but I yeah. I don't know, the dance
1: he was. was doing when they were trying to pop his his, uh, his shoulder back in that was kind of funny.
0: Yeah, I've I've heard people talk about whenever that shoulder pops out, they pop it back in that it is pretty painful
1: like that. Like that. Mm-hmm.
0: And the only other thing I can think is maybe, maybe the doctors and the trainers know the quicker you pop the shoulder back in, the less damage there's going to be, and I could see that making sense because you've got a pretty big bundle of nerves uh, that goes down to your entire arm right under your armpit. So if you've got, you know, something out of socket that's putting pressure on that, then I could see that even minutes count. So
1: I guess I'm hoping that's what it was. Yeah. Uh... Well, in the end, you know, he only was out two plays, and uh, he came back in, and, and it appeared that he fired up his offense uh, by doing that. And I think the quotes after the game from uh, Kenyon Green, Kenyon Green, basically saying that you know that's somebody I want to play behind the block for. Um, so it looked bad, but uh, it appears it accomplished uh, some positive. And I think Jimbo spoke to it too, that he's a competitor and gutsy. And,
0: Yeah, I think the whole team, I think the offensive line, the defense, the running backs, everybody was trying to, you know, just pick this thing up for him. And I mean, he only missed two plays in the grand scheme of things. Um, we handed the ball off both times and we obviously got that field goal. So that put us up nine to three. And then, uh, on the very next series, was it the next defensive series is when, uh, backwards running bow put it on the ground.
1: I don't know if it's a nice series, but it was It was soon after that that, yeah, it became pretty evident that we wouldn't need any offense to win the game because the defense uh, did everything that was needed. Yeah, and I, I don't know why, but there are certain quarterbacks
0: that just drive me nuts, Bo Nix drives me nuts. And if you watched him during the Georgia game, he looked that kind of bad then, too. And I heard um, earlier this week that some of the Auburn coaches were talking about a&M's defense and Georgia's defense. And they were actually saying some of the same things. And I think Georgia won that game 34 to 10. Of course, that was in Jordan-Hare, whereas ours was at home in College Station. But um, yeah, to hold Bo Nix to 49% passing, 20 out of uh, twenty completions out of 41 attempts, I think it was 153 yards. And he had like negative 18 yards rushing, I mean, including the four sacks.
1: Yeah sacks.
0: And then um, fumble, return for a touchdown,
1: and then... And there wasn't really a forced fumble. He just dropped the ball. Obviously, there was pressure there, but um, he just didn't have very good ball security.
0: Yeah, holding that ball like a loaf of bread. What did Coach Copeland used to say when we were in middle school? Quit holding my football like a loaf of bread. (laughs) Son.
1: I wasn't a running back, so...
0: I was a quarterback and all
1: four foot 11
0: of me. Actually, I was probably shorter than that. But but yeah, and then I think Auburn's offense overall ran for 73 yards. And, um, and then against Ole Miss, their offense, they ran for 206 yards. Not saying that we're, you know, going to be as bad as Ole Miss, but just to sit here and compare, I guess I should have looked up George's stats. Um, and then uh, I thought we were pretty spot on with uh, chronicling Cartavius Bigsby, uh, Tyrone Bigum's uh, Bigsby, mm-hmm. and because uh, he was definitely the only uh, shining star on their offense. And it's funny, my wife she said, I feel like. Every time I look up at the TV, he's getting the ball, whether it was a run or a pass. He might have been their leading uh, receiver, too. And then um, how good is Tyree Johnson, uh, number three, our defensive end? Um, He's probably more of like a linebacker size, probably 6'3", or 6'4", 250.
1: I think he got the SEC Defensive Player of the Week.
0: Yeah, I think that's his
1: third time this year. So he's pretty good. I, I would say that uh, a lot of the tension goes to the other side of the ball with uh, DeMarvin. DeMarvin, which you know frees him up to have uh, more um, single, uh, single coverage. Um, but yeah, he's had a you know, great couple of games. and Big game uh, on Saturday.
0: Yeah, I think um, so he's got seven sacks in the last four games, I think eight sacks overall this season. And during the press conference, <clears throat> I think yesterday, they were asking if he just comes in on third down packages. And he said the last two games he's been hurt. So um, they're just having him play limited snaps. snaps. So it's pretty impressive to get a couple of sacks a game, mm-hmm. even while he's
1: hurt. Yeah, because he went out in the, uh, the South Carolina game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like in the third quarter. Yeah. yeah, And then
0: um, one of the other ways I would say that you know that the wrecking crew is uh, starting to rear its head is you look at the stat uh, breakdown in our linebackers, Andre White, um, Edrin Cooper, and Aaron Hansford were our three leading tacklers. It wasn't a safety, which do you remember back in the Coach Fran years? Yeah, something
1: that... Uh... Used to bother us. It's not a good sign when your uh, free safety is the leading tackler on the team. It usually year. means uh, every play is getting seven yard deep uh, before your tackler gets to him. So
0: yeah, uh, we had uh, Jackson Appel. That was, yeah. I mean, he was he's a good player, but we don't need him making every single
1: tackle. Fourteen, mm-hmm. seventeen tackles a game. Yeah. Another, another, I think another point on our fire uh, Carl Tolbush, uh yeah, on Facebook page. That's true. Out of our three linebackers, which one do you like the best? Ooh, that's a good question. I did like Edger and Cooper this last game. Um, Dude hits hard. Yeah, he hit uh, very hard. Uh, seemed to always be in the right spot at the right time, which means he's doing proper prep and is uh, understanding where the plays are going.
0: So. And I can't remember if he's a redshirt freshman or a true freshman, but he's a freshman nonetheless. Um, and then talking about our defensive backs. I think they played much better, um, Jalen Jones being our five-star guy and then Chappelle Show being a three-star guy. Um, but I think Chappelle might even be better than Jalen Jones. What say you?
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that assessment. Chappelle Show appears to have done uh, done more lately. So. Yeah, he can hang with people for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, going back to the offensive side of things, when we got down to the four yard line and we got those three penalties uh, in the third quarter, did you hear that um, they were calling out our snap count?
1: Yeah, and I could kind of tell that that's what was happening because uh, Calzada was up there kind of arguing with the refs. And I, and I you know, we put two and two together and realize, yeah, he's basically arguing that they're simulating the snap and that's what causes outside. And against
0: Bama, I think we were just doing a hand motion that was like a chopping motion to our hand, but the rest thought that we were clapping, which I mean you could tell our safety's trying to communicate with our linebackers. They've got their heads turned around, and he's still eight yards away from the line of scrimmage. And we got a penalty on what, third and six or third and eight? <coughs> In the fourth quarter maybe. But um anyway, that obviously doesn't go both ways. Or I guess we could say that the SEC referees are pro-Alabama, whether that's Auburn or Alabama.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, and I, I know Jimbo was not happy whether it was a legitimate calls or not. The holding did not uh, did not help us um, in that situation. Achieve our goals. Yeah. Um, and then
0: Spiller, he went over 100 yards for the sixth time this year. And then uh, A-Chain. He was, he was close to 100 yards. I think he had 98 and then he got that fumble, which in my opinion, I think we had just gotten that defensive touchdown, the two point conversion. Yep. And chain breaks off a 40 yard run or something and then fumbles it.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, It was a good play by the defense. I mean, they basically pushed it out, but yeah, A-Chain has to be aware and be a better, uh, have better control of the ball. And, you know, he was close to 100 yards. I would say he had a bad day because he obviously uh, also, last play he played, he uh, went the wrong, wrong way and basically killed a play. And uh, Jimbo let him have it. Um, but
0: uh, And I thought it was cool that um, <clears throat> after he fumbled the ball and he was still on the field with just his head down on the ground, all the defensive players that are coming on the field because of the sudden change of possession – <clears throat> they're all like, don't worry, man, we got you. We got you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, that's that's pretty cool to have that kind of camaraderie. And then um, talking about your boy, Jalen Wiedemeyer. Yeah,
1: Wiedemeyer, Wiedemeyer. He
0: he had four or five drops.
1: Yeah, so obviously uh, Calzada's numbers didn't look great. I forget what his final numbers were, but it was around 50% again. 16 um, out of 29 for
0: 192.
1: Uh, so it doesn't look great, but when you count up all the drops between Wademeyer and Nia Smith, <laughs> you, you know, it probably gets him up to a more respectable, um, you know, complacent percentage. Uh,
0: yeah, maybe like 21 out of 29 or something, right. which isn't too far off from the Alabama game.
1: Yeah, and I think I think that's something that's plagued the wide receiver group is just drops to hit him. I, and I, I understand he, he throws a bullet, which, you know, they weren't Really prepared for, but uh this is uh this is receivers. the ninth game. Yeah, that's of what I'm the saying. year, they've had plenty of time to adjust to his uh, rocket of an arm, and that's uh, yeah. really not an excuse anymore. So, I'd like to see the receivers doing better. Obviously, it didn't hurt us in this in this game, but I feel like going into Ole Miss, we're going to score more than uh, field goals. Uh, yeah, to beat them, so they're going to have to catch the ball. It was good to see Chapman. Actually, catch the ball. He didn't drop it. in His rare opportunities.
0: Yeah, that guy is good. If we can, if we can get him to yeah to get healthy and then to make some of those deep uh, receptions. That's just going to add a whole new dimension to our offense. And <clears throat> Calzada, I mean, he can throw that that ball sixty yards in the air while he's running to his right, sprinting to his right, or he can stand there flat
1: footed and throw up 40 yards while somebody's crashing into his knee. It should be open for us. I mean, the way we run the ball, that's going to pull the defenders in. Uh, We've got big game threats down the field, and Calzada has the arm for it. So we should have that option, but to date we haven't really seen it. So before we talk about um, Ole Miss,
0: I was going to talk about um, our recruiting because we got two big uh, recruits that signed right before the game on Saturday. And actually, before I mention that, I was going to tell you, so I listen to Tech ags Radio just about every day. And um, one of their co-owners, Billy Lucci, and then uh, David Nuneau, who does the radio show, um, they were talking yesterday on Monday. And um, I swear to you, they were talking about starter jackets and there was a handful of other things that they were talking about too that we had mentioned. They must um, be
1: listening to us. I know.
0: I think we had like 18 downloads of our uh, episode that they could have heard, but um, who knows? Maybe they are all listening together at TechSAGS. Yeah, maybe. But um, but anyway, um, another random question I had for you is um, I don't know why this just popped into my head, but um, when you work out. Do you listen to music or podcasts? And typically when you work out you're running, right?
1: Yeah, I'm running. Uh I do listen to music. Uh so it's just it's just music. So
0: who are you listening to? Like uh Bone Thugs and Harmony? <laughs> no, I uh,
1: Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, I'm really bad about updating my music, so whatever
0: It's not like Kenny Chesney, is it?
1: Uh no, I don't think there's any Kenny Chesney on there, but um, <laughs> It's some really old stuff. Like I probably built that list like five, more than five years ago, and I haven't updated it since then. I really just need something in the background. So, it Doesn't really matter what it is. Uh, is it rock music? Is it country music? No, it's not rock music. It's, uh, yeah, it's mainly country music. So mainly it's not country. like a pump up.
0: Yeah, you're not listening to like Killswitch Engage. No. Union Underground. No. Um, Rammstein, that sort of thing. No. I've got a I've got a rock music playlist that I'll usually listen to if I'm <clears throat> really lifting weights. Or I've got a high school pansy rock that I'll listen to It's just kind of midway. Got like Hoobastank, stuff like that on there. And then, yeah, I don't typically ever listen to um, country music whenever I'm working out. I don't usually listen to rap either. I mean, we did. <laughs> As I'm sitting here saying that, what was that CD we made? Uh, So our fourth year of undergrad, our senior year, I guess you'd also call that. (laughs) Um, Brian and I, we live in the same apartment complex real close together, but we lived on our own. And um, there was one Saturday that there was like four or five good football games on like all throughout the day.
1: All day. Yeah. I remember we were excited about that weekend.
0: And we... um, we had just had Aggie Ring Day, I think. Yeah. And the families had all gone. And, um, you know, we were drinking some, uh, you know, it was Kool-Aid or Hypnotic. Or, yeah, I'm pretty sure we did get some Hypnotic. Yeah. That day. yeah. And so with doing that, in that spirit, we had to make a, uh, we had to burn a CD. Uh, <laughs> back in the days of burning CDs, <laughs> we had, uh, we called it Off to Hizzle for yeah, Shizzle. Yeah, that was what it was, Off to Hizzle. I can't remember what was on there. Did we have Snoop Dogg on there? Or Dr. Dre? I think we had some Bone Thugs.
1: Man, yeah, I think I think we did have Bone Thugs. We That's...
0: had Lil, Lil Troy, one of the Abala Shotkala.
1: Man, if I can find my CD case, it might still be in there. Twenty-inch blades
0: off. on the Impala. <laughs> and then uh, I think we had uh, Juvenile back that oh,
1: AZZ yes. up. Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, yeah, it was a good
1: day. It was a good day. It was a good day. I'm pretty sure we ended at Northgate, too.
0: Yeah. Just, you know, going up there, hanging out, not involved in anything else. And um, I think I got the idea from friends to just have all of our beverages sitting in a cooler in my living room.
1: It was basically your coffee table with a giant cooler.
0: Yeah. and. And then you don't realize that uh, you got to go pee at some point. So that really doesn't save you a whole lot of time.
1: Yeah, that's where the uh, idiocracy uh, of the couch being a toilet would uh, would really have solved that problem.
0: Yeah. yeah, which I don't want to sit on that thing after that. <laughs> yeah, that was a good time. Off to hizzle foe shizzle. Um, and then talk, talking about that sort of... Uh, crazy thing um, so one other random thing that I wanted to mention is driving into your neighborhood I did not notice any Christmas lights
1: yeah I think we have one that I noticed yesterday when sticking out the trash down the street
0: uh, y'all must have a bunch of purists that think that you only put out Christmas lights after Thanksgiving
1: well that's for sure me you weren't going anything in my house after before Thanksgiving okay.
0: so our
1: neighborhood Mount
0: Parker County. Um, it's like the Achievatron of America out there but he's got to outdo everybody else I bet every other house in our neighborhood already has Christmas lights and I would be willing to say that they already had them put up by Halloween they just had not turned them on well, they didn't turn them on until the they, they waited until November 1st which I don't know how you feel about that but I'm just like good grief it's a little crazy
1: well we had talked about putting up a uh... Christmas tree no, uh, some of those uh, LED strip lighting that you can basically keep up all year and just program to be different colors at different times of year. That way you only have to put them up
0: once, and then in yeah,
1: it's basically up in the, in the eaves, and you can't see them. They only you know when you turn them on, until you can see them. So
0: when we lived in Meadow Creek, my dad left our Christmas lights up all year one time until the next until the next year. So yeah. I guess that's how you do it in Ghetto Creek. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So now you can do that without it looking like you left them up all year.
0: Yeah, without so. it looking janky.
1: Janky, yes.
0: And uh, I was also going to ask, um, so you've got small kids just like we do. Man, I think this year we need to have some sort of a deal where we make the kids go through their toys. Because, I mean, we've just had toys come out of our ears. We
1: try to do that every year, but it's very unsuccessful. <sighs>
0: Yeah, I, I try to throw stuff away and like, okay, well, let's give this to benevolence at church. And there's usually tears and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Mm-hmm. Is that how it's gone at your house too?
1: Mm-hmm. Especially with you know, the older girl, she she has sentimental attachment to everything.
0: And then you just know when you go to your parents and then your wife's parents' house that, I mean, we have a Yukon and a Sequoia, and
1: both people? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I remember going, and and we just have two kids. You've got three. Mm -hmm. And I remember going to their houses last year, and I'm like, the entire back end of the Sequoia is filled up after leaving there. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's a little disconcerting because I'm thinking, oh, yeah, we bought this house two years ago. We've got plenty of storage and everything. No. No. You have kids. You do not have plenty of storage. Constantly have to be cleaning that stuff out, mm-hmm. and if if you let it go past
1: six eight months, you're going to get backed up. So anyway, yeah, you probably don't want to go upstairs right now because it it's uh, chaos. Chaos. Do you go upstairs? I try to avoid it. Try, try to avoid it. Like I don't it. see what I'm seeing.
0: <laughs> I uh, I'm just so obsessive compulsive. My wife will tell me not to go upstairs, and I'm like, well, now I've got to. I just can't help myself. <laughs>
1: Go up there. there. My wife does not tell me that, but I know that if I go
0: up there I'm gonna You have more self control than I do. I guess. I try try not to think about it and then it just gets worse. Um and talking about girls, since you've got the one girl and we've got two. Um have you so I think American Girl Doll stuff Mm -hmm. is gonna be big on everybody's Christmas list. Have you been in that store in Dallas?
1: I haven't been to the one in Dallas, but
0: when we were in Chicago, I went to that one. Oh, did you have your child with you when you went in there? No. That place is just like Disney World. They're good at separating parents from, from their money. money. And did you notice that there is not a single
1: price tag on any of that stuff?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I didn't notice. Anything.
0: Not a single price tag. And I'm sitting there thinking, who? why is this a big secret? And then when you get to the cash register, and you have your child with you, and they want all the stuff that's in your cart or basket or bag, whatever they give give you when you get there, um, you're not going to ring it up and go, "Oh, that's a sixty-eight dollar sweater for the doll.
1: Let's just put that back."
0: Yeah, you better get it, or you're going to have a meltdown right in the middle of the store, and you're the bad parent. So. But yeah, I know talking about um, Christmas shopping, we've been, in our house, we've been talking about, if if you find it on whatever website, just go ahead and order it, even though it's just now, getting into November, because of all the supply chain issues.
1: Yeah, I, I would say we to try to get out ahead of that stuff anyway, so been a big change for the show.
0: Which, I don't understand why supply chain issues has anything to do with... Um, I know with construction issues, lumber and things like that. Like, is there lumber made in China?
1: Uh, I, I think it's more... The um, so microchips least, for the lumber? <laughs> microchips is a separate issue, but it's it's more uh, the ports are overwhelmed because they were not oh. in operation for so long, and now it's back getting, so there's a backlog, and then uh, they're having trouble getting workers to be able to... Distribute it from the ports basically unpack the ships and then distribute it from the ports out to the
0: station center. So, do you, um, so the company you work for, do y'all call yourselves a defense contractor?
1: We are a defense
0: contractor, you are a defense contractor. So, do y'all make
1: your own microchips? Um, no, Lockheed does, though, don't they? Uh, They may, I'm not sure. I was thinking that if we're relying on China for all
0: of our microchips, no, they would get a good into a war
1: of uh, making sure that the defense supply base is um,
0: is all good. Yeah, you might be able, you might not be able to get your uh, new refrigerator, your new dishwasher, but we can make helicopters and planes. Yeah, we're gonna have missiles. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's really good. That makes me feel a little bit better.
1: Yeah, yeah they're they're constantly looking at that. Make sure that they have the supply chain locked up to, to ensure continued operation of our war fighters.
0: Well, I'll tell you from a medicine perspective, so many of the raw materials for all these pharmaceuticals come from China, mm-hmm. and uh, I can tell you some horror stories. But it's just a little disconcerting. I try to stock up on medications as much as possible. Um, I've got a Father in law, who's kind of a doomsday prepper, so try to keep him. She's
1: got some some prepping,
0: stocked up influence with with Tamiflu and hydroxychloroquine and antibiotics and and whatnot. So, um, and then okay, so we'll get back to football a little bit. So, did you see the two big recruits that uh, we got committed before the game?
1: Did see the big recruits, Walter Nolan, the big defensive tackle at Tennessee. Yeah, who's either number one or number two, depending on which,
0: which you're looking ranking at, ranking
1: you trust most. But uh, that's obviously a big deal.
0: I think ESPN has them ranked number one, and then Rivals and Two Four Seven Sports has them ranked number two. <clears throat> which, if you look at Rivals, um, I think out of those three services, they might be the worst of the three. Mm-hmm. I think Two Four Seven is probably the best in my opinion. But um, yeah six foot four, three hundred and twenty five pound defensive tackle out of Powell, Tennessee, which going back to talking about recruiting um throughout the country, that's a pretty big deal to bring in a kid from Tennessee. And he uh he went to the Alabama game, the South Carolina game, and the Auburn game. And he also so two four seven sports, they have this deal where you can look at your team you can look at their recruiting by the year. But they also have this all-time recruits deal. And if if we keep Walter Nolan, he will be our number one recruit overall. Um, he's, he's a five-star, and he's got a numerical rating of a .9998. And then Miles Garrett is our number two overall recruit at .9993. Which what is that? Five one hundred thousandths of a point. Sounds right. And um then you got Reggie McNeil, who he turned out well. Uh at number three, Kyle Allen at number four, Speedy Noel out of uh New Orleans at number five, which
1: did he even play for us after two years? Um during the Sumlin years. I don't remember him outside of uh, just a couple of years.
0: Which, I mean, I guess you have to hand it to someone. He's got uh, Miles Garrett, Speedy Knoll, Kyle Allen, Kyler Murray is somewhere on this list, Christian Kirk. So he had Ricky Seals Jones. He had some pretty good guys. Um, Thomas Johnson was another one, but didn't, didn't he get shot or something? out of skyline i don't remember that one Dallas skyline but um anyway and then you've got some guys who just didn't pan out at all like jory adams class of 2003 offensive tackle
1: that name does not ring a bell at all so that would indicate that he did not pan out
0: do you um do you put much uh, stock into all the star ratings and everything like that
1: i mean i don't get too caught up on what you know, each of the individual players are, because obviously that's hit or miss, but I think what it, what it does show is when you have a high overall class ranking that you're going to have a higher probability of finding some, uh, some diamonds. Um, and obviously you can still find some diamonds uh, at the two and three star, and I think we have some examples of that. But if you have um, a highly ranked class, then your probability of finding uh, good players is, is a lot higher.
0: Yeah, talking about the two- and three-star guys, we've got one playing in the NFL right now, NFL Football League, center uh, Eric McCoy for New Orleans, or Nolens, as we've been told when we've gone to Nolens for guy trips. Mm-hmm. Um, isn't, that, isn't that what everybody said? We're not going to talk about <laughs> what those people say on Bourbon Street. but uh, Yeah, yeah. I think it New it's Nolens. It's Nolens, man. But, um, <clears throat> anyway, he's plays for New Orleans and then Anaya Smith, who's better, one of our better, uh, offensive receivers. He was just three star. Um, so, which I think he's going to be in the NFL football league at some point. And then, um, Chris Marshall, the, uh, wide receiver that we got before the game, he's out of Fort Bend Marshall high school, which is where Devin H. A. is from. And, um, apparently our offensive coordinator, Daryl Dickey has a pretty good relationship with the coaches there at that school. And, um, Malik Hornsby, uh, he's the backup quarterback for Arkansas uh, behind KJ Jefferson. He's from that school. He wanted to come to A&M and we said, you know, we'd like to have him, but we were going to give some spots to some other kids. And, um, we were completely honest with them. And so, um, I think that the coaches, even though he didn't end up coming to A and M, I think that the high school coaches appreciated that, and uh, definitely it's worked in our favor this this go around. So um, I thought that, that was a good thing. And speaking of uh, recruits and things like that, um, I can't I can't help but think that Texas is just going downhill fast.
1: Yeah, well, it's not it's not going well.
0: The recruit has a terrible segue, but nonetheless, it just popped into
1: my head. Well, I know I'm going to talk about Texas at some point. The, uh you know, the continued poor performance will probably end up hurting recruiting. Uh, but, yeah, four losses in a row, another uh crazy assistant story.
0: Um Yeah, what was <laughs> – so I just saw that. So UT's defensive line coach, Bo Davis, um, I guess one of the players, uh, on the bus leaving Ames, Iowa, uh, recorded his rant and tirade that is laced with expletives. Um, but if you just Google that, you find it's like a 47 second long video. It's horrible. And again, I don't have sons, but if I did, I would let them go play for Sark and Monkey Boy and, and this guy.
1: Yeah, yeah, things are not going very well right now.
0: And so I'm, I'm kind of conflicted right now. When we were watching our game and they show the crowd, I'm thinking, okay, we're doing good. Everybody needs to be doing gig em, thumbs up. No. What are all the students doing? They're doing horns down. I'm thinking half of y'all don't even know what it was like to play them because you weren't probably born around that time. And what are y'all doing doing horns down? This is pro A&M. This is not negative T-U-U-T, whatever you want to call them. And my wife made a good point the other day. The only people who used to do that was OU. Because they didn't have like a signal for Boomer Sooner, like a hand sign.
1: So they would just do the horns down. Yeah. So anyway, I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of it either. I think we've uh, you know moved past that so going to start playing them again. But uh, yeah.
0: yeah, and uh, so where I'm conflicted is I don't like talking about Texas, but I'm going to talk about Texas a little bit more. <laughs> okay. So um, they lost to Iowa State this past weekend, so they're four and five. Got to get two more wins to be bowl eligible. Do you think that they can do it?
1: They should be able to beat Kansas, which I think that's their next. Yeah, they game.
0: got Kansas, I think, at West Virginia, and then maybe K-State at home.
1: Is Les Miles so the coach? At, at Kansas. Kansas, yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty wild. So they, yes, they
0: should be able to beat Kansas.
1: But the other two games, K-State and West, West Virginia. Virginia or... yeah. West Virginia took OU down to the wire. Of course, so did Kansas. So did every team. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so that's going to be tough. And then, so I guess uh,
0: Sarkeesian he started pulling his quarterbacks out and being kind of spastic about who he wanted to play, uh, which isn't a good look, especially whenever you're trying to get offensive recruits to come there.
1: Yeah, you should should call someone up and see how that works out.
0: Yeah, yeah, we had Kyler Murray and Kyle Allen both leave us.
1: We had a really good quarterback room, and then all of a sudden it blew up, and we had nobody, and we had to get – uh, what's his name? The Oklahoma transfer. I can play quarterback next year. Oh, yeah. Um, not Kingsbury. thinking of. What's his name? I can't think of his name. see
0: his face. But anyway. Yeah. But um, yeah, then we had to have transfer come in and play. But yeah, that's that's just not a good look. No. UT is just a hot mess. And I would love to say that I'm more mature than that and that I'd say, oh, no. We're not really paying attention to them, but it's a little bit gratifying. I I do like it. (laughs) Everybody
1: likes a train wreck.
0: Yeah, those tears are pretty sweet when it's (laughs) UT. I think everybody in the Big 12 minus OU is like, what the heck were we doing with Longhorn
1: Network? All this business, I think that rubbed everybody wrong. And um, here we are. Maybe join the SEC during a couple of years, whenever that yeah. works out. So. Shenanigans. Do you think
0: there's any chance that they try to back out of that deal? No. No.
1: Again, for them, I think it was all about the money and they'll get a better deal you know, to the SEC.
0: And my question is, is if you do move to the SEC, when you do move to the SEC, and you're worse off, you're five and seven every year, six and six, does it really matter that you're making a little bit more money? I think it does. You think so? I mean, I would think that a lot of those wealthy boosters would just be like, oh, eh, we'll make up the difference."
1: Yeah, maybe. I, I don't have the insider information on their uh, their business plan, but. Uh,
0: and then um, we were going to cover the uh, college football playoff rankings, but I don't know what time that shows up on Tuesdays. Uh, yeah,
1: it's, it's 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 on. I was just looking at it, so it's. Uh, Georgia's number one, Alabama still number two, which I think some people were expecting that to uh, them to drop based upon their lackluster performance. LSU, Oregon's three, so it doesn't look like the top. No, it was uh, Georgia, Alabama, Michigan State, then Oregon last week. Um, so yeah, now it's Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, Ohio State. So Michigan State dropped out after losing uh, to Purdue. Ohio State jumped in. Cincinnati moved up to five. Then Michigan, Michigan State, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State. Then Texas A&M at eleven, the first two-loss team in the rankings, Um, and then followed by Wake Forest, who who got beat this past weekend as well.
0: Cincinnati, I cannot believe they moved up even a little bit after just barely beating Tulsa. Needed a technicality from the refs to
1: stay ahead in that game. Did you see that? No, uh, I didn't see any of that. I know it was uh, close, but uh, that's been consistent with them all year. I can't
0: wait for... So Ohio State still has to play Michigan and Michigan State. so And
1: Purdue this weekend.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, they're playing the Purdue Spoilermakers. Spoiler makers, that's right. Who beat Michigan State. And, um, and Iowa. Yeah. So I'm hoping that Oklahoma State beats OU maybe twice, because they might play them in Bedlam. And uh, the, big in the big 12. Championship. Yeah. I hope I hope Michigan State beats Ohio State and Purdue beats Ohio State. And I hope Ohio State beats Michigan so that if we have a Big Ten representative, it's Michigan State. Um, Notre Dame, you know, if they went out just because they're Notre Dame, they're going to get put up there.
1: No, I think that their uh, strength of schedule remaining is not not very good. So I think I, I don't think they have a lot of chances to move up. So it would have to be a bunch of teams in front of them losing for them to move up. significantly. And I think if
0: A&M can just win out um, Ole Miss and obviously LSU a couple weeks from now, uh, I think we'll probably be pretty close up there where we want to be. Um, maybe not in the top four, but I guess we'll just have to see how it all shakes out. Crazier things have happened. And, I was thinking about the bias that the committee has. I think it's not just in terms of blue blood schools, but I think it's also a bias going back the last two, three years. Like I'm surprised Clemson isn't somewhere in the top 20. I
1: think they, 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 I thought they thought they were going to jump back in this week. But yeah, they're not in there. Um, Yeah, I I think there's definitely bias to um, past year's performance course. What were we last week? Were we 14 or 13? Um, I think it was 14. So we've with, moved up three. With um, Auburn one spot ahead of us at 13. Now Auburn's 17. Um, the first three lost team in the list. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Texas, Texas A&M was 14.
0: Auburn was 13. And Baylor dropped 13. Baylor, Wake Forest, Michigan State, and Auburn. Those are the four schools ahead of us, which all of those are lower than us now, except for
1: Michigan State. But they've got a long ways to go, too. Mm-hmm. So I hope those schools that we just love to root against, Ohio State, Michigan, OU, they all just go by the wayside. There's still several, several weeks the season, so this will all... Shake out. Shake out.
0: Yeah, and I guess I'll, I always forget about um, uh, conference title games, too. That's another
1: mm-hmm. spot
0: that might help us out, too. Mm-hmm. So, well, I think that's probably a pretty good spot to uh, leave it off for this week. And um, What about a prediction for
1: for the game this weekend?
0: <sighs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So we're playing Ole Miss. I think I said last week, that I think Ole Miss scares me more than... Um, Auburn does. And obviously we're playing in Oxford. I think we're favored by two and a half. I think if we win, we win by like three to seven points. But I'm 50-50. I think we could just as easily lose this thing too. I I could see us losing by 17 points. I could see us winning by three to seven points. So, um, of course... Hugh Freeze, the Hugh Freeze Bowl in Oxford this past weekend, when uh, Liberty went there, they looked fairly good. I mean, Ole Miss only won 27-14, so I don't know. Maybe we have a chance.
1: Yeah, you know, I definitely think we have a chance, but uh, as we talked about last weekend, the Ole Miss scares me. Uh, we typically don't do very well to this type of offense. Uh, mobile quarterbacks also we don't do very good with. I know Matt Corral has sort of a bum leg, but... Uh, yeah, I think he's got two bad ankles. I think uh, he still scares me. Um, so I, I think we'll be able to score some points against him uh, just with the running game. I don't have a lot of confidence in Calzada and the uh, receivers actually catching enough balls to score that way. But I think the running game, we should be able to. Um, I was going to ask you if we could um, <coughs>
0: borrow, borrow one of y'all's helicopters and just fly out to Oxford. No. I how how yeah. fast do those helicopters fly?
1: Not very fast. It took us a long time. It was like 150 miles an hour. Um, yeah, that's probably a good cruise cool speed. So, by the way, I drive. I might get there in 50% less time in the <laughs> helicopter. <coughs> yeah.
0: And then, speaking of that, um, Made me think of the swag copter that Kevin someone used to recruit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Remember that helicopter that had A and M painted on the bottom? Yep. We landed the softball field uh, of those high school football
1: games. Yeah, so that was that was a privately owned uh, helicopter by uh, you know just an Aggie booster booster to allow Kevin someone to use that. Uh, but I haven't seen that since. Uh,
0: Jimbo's taken Since over?
1: Jimbo's taken, I assume he still has access to it, but uh, maybe he just doesn't like the write in style. He doesn't have the swagger like uh. Yeah. does.
0: I think I remember Jimbo talking about, I think it was to a small group of people talking about his office. And he's like, I've got to do something about that. Because I think he said that the uh, walls were painted black or something. So it looked like a dang nightclub in his office. And that's not what he was about.
1: Yeah, I think they have a different style.
0: Yeah, I think he um, also liked to pump in. Uh, guess what would be the equivalent of today's uh, Off to Hizzle for Shizzle uh, soundtrack to, the, to the, the whole
1: office building?
0: Well, to the practices, to the practice fields. Jumbo was like, turn that garbage off.
1: So Yeah, I don't think someone had wrenches uh, in college station.
0: No, no, I don't think so. Yeah. He's trying to get back to H Town every chance he got. So. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for us for uh, our fourth, fifth. I can't remember what episode this is, but anyway, our fourth. We don't have that many. It's four. So, anyway, um, let's just hope that uh, if we lose to Ole Miss, I'm saying maybe like a 20, 30-minute show where we just explain battered Aggie syndrome. If we win, I'm just going to drive straight to your house Saturday right night at midnight.
1: Uh, that may not work out but uh, and, feel free to
0: and we can do the podcast right then and there
1: yeah so the audience hasn't really got to hear the, the full battered aggie syndrome i
0: i almost texted you on saturday in the fourth quarter like if we hold on to this thing i'll come to your house tomorrow <laughs> but i didn't
1: yeah that's good because we had a busy sunday so yeah so anyway all right thanks you guys Thanks.